0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Centuries and Saints. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Scott, your host for the podcast, and I'm really excited to talk about the attributes of God today and specifically God's aseity. Now, it's a Latin word. We're going to get into it in the podcast, what that means. So stay tuned. I pray this is a blessing to you and I will talk to you after this teaching. And so I am excited to jump in with you now. Uh, continuing our series and our look at the attributes of God and getting to know God better by who he has revealed himself to be uh, in his word. Okay, so last week we finished up our study of the holiness of God. That was the first attribute of God that we looked at. And we spent three weeks uh, studying God's holiness, taking a look at, you know, scripturally, theologically, uh, even, you know, looks at church history and all that stuff, uh, you know, what it means that God is holy. And, you know, hopefully uh, you guys were blessed. I know I was blessed uh, by just understanding God's holiness in a new light and with more depth and weight. And, uh, and then that leading me at least personally to a greater understanding of his love and of his grace, you know, and salvation that, man, this God who's so holy would save anybody is a testimony to his grace, let alone that he would save, you know, billions of people. It's amazing how good he is. Uh, That was last week. That was cool. That was fun. Uh, This week, we're going to continue our Attributes of God series, and we're going to take a look at something that I'm guessing most of you probably have, uh, you've never heard the official term. Uh, I hadn't, honestly, before a couple weeks ago, Uh, but you know all about this. And so this will be new and yet familiar. All right. And so the attribute of God that we're going to be looking at, um, it comes from a Latin word and it's called the Aseity Of God. Now, don't worry, uh, that's, I think, the only Latin word I'm using today, and I only use them when I have to, (laughs) because I I don't speak Latin, of course, uh, but that's just what this is called. So, now, if you're anything like me, you probably heard the word aseity, and you're like, what in the world does that mean? I don't know, why should I care? Well, basically, again, it's a Latin word that simply means the self-existence of God. Okay, Uh, this what this means in the word "aseity." Literally, it means out of self or to have being or existence within oneself. Okay, now why is it important to study this attribute of God? Uh, Well, it's very, very important because this is central to who God is. Okay, so Exodus chapter three. uh, If you have your Bible, you can turn there. And God talking to Moses there, you guys know the story, in the burning bush, God is talking to Moses and God commissions Moses to lead uh, the Israelites out of the Egyptian bondage. And you guys know Moses says, you know, when they ask me, you know, the children of Israel ask me, who sent you? What do I tell them? Moses is basically saying, okay, God, who are you? What's your name? And we know in the Old Testament in Hebrew uh, that name was, you know, synonymous so to speak with nature. So basically Moses is saying, God, who are you? You know, what's the deal? Who are you? How do I explain you to the people? What do I tell them? You know, who who are you? And you guys know the classic response. God says, I am that I am. And tell them I am sent you. Okay? Now, what that means basically is for God to say, "I am that I am." That means that God just is. He is. He exists. He just is. That's hard philosophically for us to understand, uh, but I think we can get a better picture of it if we look at it from uh, the perspective starting with ourselves. So, as human beings, uh, we know that we are created by God in His image. We derive our existence, <clears throat> our life, our conscience. You know, our spirit, our soul, our body, everything about us that makes us who we are as human beings, we derive that from God. God created us, okay? Which means we get all of our life from Him. Same with the angels, okay? The angels were created by God and they get all of their being and existence from God. Everything in creation, plants, animals, uh, you know, the stars, the galaxies, uh, bacteria, like everything that exists was created by God and owes its existence and its being and its life to God, okay? So, nothing in creation exists apart from being created by God and being given life from God. Now, the only exception in all of the universe and in all of everything is God himself. God was not created. We know that. God is eternal, okay? God is life, Okay, God does not derive His life or His existence or His being from anything or anybody. God is being and life Himself, and that's difficult for us to understand, uh, you know, because we just can't wrap our minds around that. But that's what it means—the aseity of God—and that's a very, very important part of who God is. You know, God is I am that I am. Okay, God is not dependent on anyone. God does not need anyone or anything, and again, back in the annals of eternity past, you know, before God even created time, because time is part of God's creation as well. You know, before there was anything, there was nothing except God. God was the only one who was in existence. But again, and this is so, we it's impossible for us to wrap our minds around this. God had no beginning. I mean, it's, again, just try and think of it and your mind will just kind of just short out and you're done. Like, you know, God had no beginning. We we can understand that God has no ending. Yeah, I get that. I can look forward into the future and yeah, God will never end. I get it. But God had no beginning either. Okay. He is eternal. He is existence and being and life in itself. Okay. That's who God is. He's self-existent, self-contained. And it's so important for us to understand that uh, for a number of reasons. You know, it's, And number one is because the idea of the aseity of God is connected to his eternality. Okay. The fact that, like I said, he has always existed. Okay. We can't get our minds around it. Uh, Psalm 92.3 says, your throne is established from of old. You know, we could say, well, how long ago? And it says, you are from everlasting. Okay. So there's never been a moment, a time, anything where God didn't exist. God is the eternal self-existent one and from God, all of creation has its life and being and breath and brilliance. It's all from God. It all came from God, but it's all contained within God. God didn't get that from anywhere else. That's just who God is, you know, and that's that's what this means, and that's what we're studying today. Uh, because, again, as his people, as Christians, uh, we want to come before him and worship him and, and know him uh, in all of his greatness and glory, you know, so that we'll be even more driven to worship him in spirit and in truth, you know, because of just how amazing and wonderful and good he is. Also, I wanted to study this today because uh, the aseity of God and the fact that he's eternal, those things kind of go hand in hand, um, are both awe-inspiring and even fear-inspiring for us, but also at the same time, very comforting to us. And especially in these crazy times in which we live right now, Uh, you know, with terrorism on the rise and, you know, people murdering other people and just insanity going on all around us. It's very comforting for us when we remember and we keep in mind that God is in control. Okay. God is on his throne. He's eternal. He's ruling and reigning sovereignly over his universe. God is on the throne, you know, and we should stand in awe at the thought of God, you know, and as we consider again, uh, his, it just his being, who he is, you know, his, his holiness, his majesty, his love, his grace, all of it, as we consider his attributes, uh, you know, and think on that and meditate on that. And really, you know, spend some time just meditating on the fact that God is eternal and God is all powerful and God is self-existent You know, he derives his life and existence from nobody and from no thing. Uh, and he 's ruling and reigning sovereignly over the universe and over our lives individually, and so when we look at things like terrorism in the news and as horrific and tragic as those things are, and man, we should be praying against that stuff and and really <clears throat> you know contending in prayer, but let us take our understanding of God into that rather than the reverse, you know, which means we don 't have to live in fear, you know we don 't live in naivete we don 't live you know, with our head in the sand, not not at all. You know, we understand what's happening in our world and, and we see it for the, the the horror and the tragedy that it is, but we can live our lives free from fear and free from hatred and really take comfort in who God is in his being and in and of himself. And so that's why we're studying this today, you know? And when we think, you guys, about all of this, <clears throat> about the aseity of God, you know, the fact that he is self-existent and just how great and amazing and you know his being eternal, and how much infinitely higher above us and transcendent over us he is. You know, no wonder the psalmist said in Psalm eight four, "What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him?" We are so tiny and small compared to God, and yet he has set his love and his affection on us as his people, uh, with all the force of his will and his eternal purpose. It's amazing, and for us as Christians. God has set his heart and his mind on us only for good and never for evil or bad. It's his love and his goodness and his grace towards us in all of his power, you know? And so, when we we, we contemplate God's self-existence and eternality and that all of that power and all of that force has been turned towards us for good and for love and for grace, man, that should inspire awe and thankfulness and humility and that should really comfort us. And we can take comfort in God's being and character and nature, you know, in this crazy world in which we live. And we can read the news and we can listen to the things that are happening and we can approach them from the perspective that God is on the throne and he's ruling and reigning over the universe and that he knows what he's doing, you know? (laughs) So, man, I just, that's a little rabbit trail there, but I just felt like I needed to say that uh, because I think that's very relevant for the times in which we live you know, and again, this is not in any way head in the sand theology, not at all. God never calls us to pretend like we don't know what's happening around us and to pretend like it's not happening. That's not reality. You know, we we live in a world of truth. You know, we have to take a look and be honest with what's going on. But knowing who God is and our relationship with him should be informing all of the other stuff, not the other way around, you know, and so... Anyways, uh, with that in mind, let's read Psalm 121. It's eight verses, just really quickly. And then I want to talk about that as we begin to wrap up. Okay. And Psalm 121 says this, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. So that's Psalm 121. Okay. And I wanted to read that, uh, number one, because the verse where it says, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You know, God doesn't need anything from us. God is watching over us. He's keeping us. He's protecting us. And he doesn't need anything from us, which is so comforting to me as a Christian, you know, that, man, God is, is truly guarding me and guarding all of you who know him, uh, you know, with all of his power and holiness and love set fully upon us and upon you. You know, that again, man, that should just inspire awe and thankfulness in us. That's such an amazing truth. And secondly, uh, I think that Psalm is very, very relevant, uh, again, for the times in which we find ourselves today. You know, with all these crazy things going on in the world today, man, the Lord is, our, is your keeper. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. You know, thus says the word of God. Amen. I love that. Okay, well, as we begin our descent here to wrap up this teaching, uh, looking again at the aseity of God or his self-existence, the seminal text for this is Romans 11.36. And Romans 11.36 says this, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. All right, so really quickly breaking that verse down, from him. God is the creator of all things. As we said, God is self-existent. He's eternal. He is being and life itself. He derives his existence from nobody or nothing. He is the author and the source of it all. Okay. He's the creator of all things. Okay. Through him, he's also the sustainer of all things. Paul says in Colossians that Jesus upholds all things. He is the sustainer which means he's sovereignly governing his universe and nothing happens without God's permission. And just see the book of Job for that. Okay. Now, sometimes tragic things happen, things that are very, very difficult and painful that we don't understand happen. Okay. Look at Job, all of Job's kids, all 10 of his children died in one day. Um, You know, I dare say that, I mean, at least I know for myself and I would imagine most of us listening have never been through something that quite that bad. You know, having 10 kids and all 10 of them die on the same day. Uh, That's just insane, you know, but we know that God allowed it for his own purposes. And so, Again, God is ruling and reigning over the universe. You know, he is, he is on the throne. The devil cannot kick God off of his throne. And that's a comforting thought. And it gets me also to a quote that Martin Luther, the reformer whom we've been studying on our church history teachings, uh, Martin Luther said that even the devil is God's devil. And so what that means, you know, the devil can't do anything on his own, you know, unless God gives him approval and permission. You know, the devil is compared to God, the devil's no more powerful than we are or than a a slug or a a bird. You know, God is infinite over all of creation and God is the one controlling. And so, we can take comfort in that. And then, to him are all things. God is the goal and the point. God is the reason for all of creation. And it's a great truth because that means that we don't exist for ourselves, but for the glory of God and for the purposes of God. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to remember. And honestly, it takes the pressure off of us because the universe doesn't revolve around us, you know, the universe revolves, so to speak, with that imagery around God and we exist for him. You know, in Revelation four talks about that, you know, that, you know, Lord, you created all things and for your pleasure, they exist and were created, you know, for his pleasure and his glory. So Romans eleven thirty six, I love that. Love, love that verse, okay? And so, I wanted to just read a quote here as we close out uh, by Dr. Stephen Lawson. I've I've, uh, mentioned him before, and he was lecturing on this topic of the acety of God, and he said, quote, the ultimate goal and chief purpose of the universe does not revolve around us, but it revolves around God's eternal, self-contained, self-sufficient being, end quote. Again, good news. As opposed to a lot of theology going around the church today, we are not the final point. Okay. Are we important? Absolutely. Does every human being have infinite worth and value because we were all created by God in his image? Absolutely. You know, and for those of us who are Christians, uh, man, we belong to God by right of creation and by right of redemption. So, we have infinite worth and value. Yes, we are important. Yes. My goodness, humanity in the sense that it's been created by God in his image is beautiful. Um, Yeah, we are important but does the universe revolve around us? Does the story begin and end with us? No, it's God's story. As, as that kind of somewhat cornball quote says, history is his story. You know, uh, everything, again, it's inaccurate imagery, but man, the universe revolves around God, not around us. And Isaiah forty seventeen says, all the nations are as nothing before him, they are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. And that's awesome because, and, and this is where I want to finally bring this, you know, some practical application for us as, as believers, as God's people. If the nations of the world are as nothing before God, because he's so much greater and higher above them, then how easy is it for him to move and work in, in our lives, you know? He set all of his affections and goodwill and favor on us and towards us by his grace. Man, how easy is it for him to move and work uh, in our lives? And truly nothing's impossible for him. You know, if, if all the nations of the earth are accounted as less than nothing, well, then how much more is my individual life as far as the difficulties and trials go easy for God to manage and take care of? And that's a great, great thought. And that's why we're studying the attributes of God, you know, so that we theologically and biblically can really, really, truly get to know uh, this God that we love and serve and know who he is and give him the glory and the worship uh, that he is due, you know? And then as we study his attributes, again, even as we study the ones that are, uh, you know, sort of fearful and and uncomfortable, like his holiness and his aseity and all of these things, we actually see how wonderful... Uh, These attributes are because man, God has set all of his love upon us, and all of that force and power and you know, eternal being in the universe is on our side and has set his love upon us. And man, that should cause us to rejoice as we come to him in, in you know, reverence and awe, also boldly before the throne of grace. So, I just love it. That's awesome. Praise be to God, hallelujah. So, God bless you guys. Once again, thank you so much for joining me today for Centuries and Saints as we have looked at the self-existence of God, the aseity of God. I'm really enjoying the study of God's attributes, and we've got several more teachings in this series, this season two, coming up. So please stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, please check us out on the podcast store. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. It really helps get the word out, and we appreciate it. So I pray God bless you all and until next time this is Scott Matson for Centuries and Saints.